Hello, I'm Simon Cohn and welcome to the Biology Pod, a podcast about all things biology. Well, not all things biology, mainly Year 11 VCE biology. So if you've missed a couple of lessons and looking to catch up, or perhaps you're revising for a big test, why not put your feet up, get a cold drink, and let's learn some biology. Biology is the study of living things from familiar, complex multicellular organisms in the many different habitats of our biosphere, to single-celled microorganisms that live in seemingly inhospitable conditions. It is one of the most exciting and vibrant fields of study around, and it is hard to know where to begin. I'm sorry, I can't carry on like that. I end up with a terribly, terribly sore throat. Hi, and welcome to podcast number one for 2009 and I'm calling this podcast Organelles Now not organs Organelles you know those little bits that are in cells and they've all got silly names that nobody can ever remember well that's what this show's about helping you remember those but first, a quick piece of revision on cell theory. And cell theory, what we're saying, is that the cell is the functional unit of life. It's where the, all the chemical reactions of life take place. They take place within cells. If you like, the smallest units of living things. The second part of cell theory is that all living things are composed of cells. So anything that's alive can be broken down to these units cells viruses for example are little pieces of genetic material smaller than cells but we don't say viruses that are alive they can't live by themselves they can't reproduce by themselves they're parasitic and they need a living thing they need a host cell in order to carry on its processes okay so we don't say viruses are alive. And the third part of cell theory is that cells are formed from the division of pre-existing cells. All cells come from cells that already exist. The cell contains information uh, in form of genes that are its instructions to grow, function, develop, reproduce, make new cells. You can't just put all the chemicals that are in the cells in a big pot, stir them around, and they become cells. No, cells are actually generated from existing cells. So that's the one, two, three of cell theory. One, living organisms are composed of cells. Two, cells come from pre-existing cells. And three, the cells, the smallest organisational unit. And we'll be coming back to uh, cells coming from pre-existing cells in a later podcast when we're talking about cell division. Before we move on, I just thought I'd say a quick word about cells being the smallest living organisational units. And there's two reasons why cells are small. Now let's face it, most cells are small. We need microscopes to see them. There's a few exceptions like ostrich eggs, but an egg 
contains all the nutrients to then divide into millions and millions of other cells to form a, a living multicellular organism. Most cells are very small. They don't contain all those nutrients. And in order to get the materials into and out of the cell for the cell to metabolize problem, properly, they need a large surface area compared with the volume of the cell. And you only get this in small things. The surface to volume ratio, we call it, for instance, blow up a balloon, the volume of the balloon gets uh, larger far quicker than the surface area. So cells, in order to get materials into and out of them, have to be small, not large. And the second point is that cells signal messages around them. If you had one very large cell, it would just take too long for the messages to get from one side of the cell to the other side. And the organism would function so very, very slowly. It just wouldn't really work. So there's a limit to the size of cells just by the speed at which you can carry a chemical message from one side of the cell to the other side. So that, in a nutshell, is cell theory. So that's part one of the podcast. On to part two. Scientists, in case you haven't noticed this, love putting things in categories. And cells are no different. Living organisms are no different. We put them into categories based on characteristics of their cells. So, the next thing I wanted to do is talk about, or just categorize cells into two main types. The first type are prokaryotic cells. And prokaryotic cells are those uh, simple organisms from the kingdom or monera, such as bacteria and cyanobacteria. That's the uh, blue-green algae stuff you get on ponds. These simple organisms don't have those little bits. That's the difference. Prokaryotic cells don't have those little bits. Inside the cell, all the all the functions just take place within the uh, the actual membrane. It's not subdivided into then little membrane-bound organelles. For example, in a prokaryotic cell, there isn't a nucleus containing the genetic material. The genetic material is just a, a spiral or loop of DNA, a single chromosome that's um, that's not in a in a separate region. The other type of cells are eukaryotic cells, and eukaryotic cells in eukaryotic cells, we do have those little subdivisions, those subcellular structures that are little membrane-bound structures that we're going to be talking about those little bits. So when I'm talking about cells and I'm talking about those structures within cells, which are called organelles, little organs that are within cells, what I'm really talking about are eukaryotic cells, eukaryotes. I'm not talking about the very simple monera that are prokaryotic cells like bacteria. And also, please bear in mind that cells specialize into tissues within the body and they have separate functions so that a white blood cell 
and a red blood cell are both very different. They're different from a nerve cell, they're different from a sperm cell, they're different from a liver cell, from a brain cell, from one of the pacemaker cells in your heart. So when I'm talking about organelles and the function of cells, I'm talking in general terms. Well, that's been quite a long and actually quite meaty introduction. So let's just take a quick breath and then we'll start looking at the organelles themselves. So let's start thinking about the most prominent of all the organelles, the nucleus. Now the nucleus is where the cell's DNA or most of the cell's DNA is stored, much of it in a separate zone, a nucleolus, that's a crystallined area of protein and nucleic acid. The nucleus itself is surrounded by a membrane and that's a double layered membrane but within that membrane there's lots of little holes or pores that allow material to go into and out of the nucleus. The membrane itself then folds back on itself and forms two structures so that the outer layer of the membrane then has folds which go out into the rest of the cell, into the cytoplasm and they they form two structures. The first of them being the rough endoplasmic reticulum. Now this is where proteins are synthesized and you can tell it's the rough endoplastic reticulum because it's full of it's covered in ribosomes made in that area the nucleolus that we were talking about earlier where the nucleus membrane the nucleus's membrane folds back on itself in a series of uh, layers that uh, don't get aren't covered in these uh, ribosomes that's the smooth endoplasmic reticulum and the smooth endoplasmic reticulum is where lipids are made and also where hormones are made so we've got the smooth endoplasmic reticulum that's associated with uh, lipids and hormone synthesis and, and some carbohydrates and the rough endoplasmic reticulum which is where proteins are made another organelle that's closely associated with the endoplasmic reticulum is the Golgi apparatus. Now the Golgi apparatus is again a series of flattened disc-shaped membranes. It looks a bit like a, a, a pile of dinner plates or perhaps soup bowls would be better, one on top of each other. And this accepts, it takes vesicles from the smooth endoplasmic reticulum little pieces that break off the smooth endoplasmic reticulum go to the Golgi apparatus where they're processed, uh, modified and the proteins are, are tagged for different uses and then they're sent off, bits of it break off the other end after they've gone through this stack of uh, membranes, bits of the membrane at the other end break off into other vesicles which contain little flags that tell them where to go within the cell or externally. There's a couple of other organelles that are worth remembering at year 11 and one of these is the mitochondrion. Mitochondrion are little ovoid shaped organelles. They have a double membrane. They have a, a single 
outer layer membrane and then the inner layer membrane folds back on itself to give a greater surface area and this is where respiration takes place so this is where glucose and oxygen are combined to produce carbon dioxide and water and a lot of energy and that energy converts adesine diphosphate to adesine triphosphate that's where the extra phosphate added that makes ADP into ATP and then the ATP uh, goes to the other parts of the cell that require energy and then lose that phosphate so one glucose will make 36 to 38 ATPs it's uh, much too much energy for most cellular processes so the this the process of respiration takes place in a separate little organelle and that's the mitochondrion now there's a a reverse of the mitochondrion if you like that's in plant cells only and that's the chloroplast the chloroplast is a special little organ containing stacks of plastids that contain a green pigment called chlorophyll and in these these stack membranes these grana the process of photosynthesis takes place and photosynthesis is where the sun's energy is absorbed by the green pigment the chlorophyll and converts uh, carbon dioxide and water into glucose and oxygen so this is the reverse process from respiration and it takes place in these green organelles called chloroplasts that are found in only in plants and some algae as well now most of the inside of cells isn't these little organelles it's a, a watery substance known as cytoplasm this the inside of cells apart from the nucleus is referred to as the cytosol the watery liquid the cytoplasm so don't confuse those two words cytosol and cytoplasm they don't actually mean the same thing but in some cells particularly in plant cells there are other organelles there are well there are a number of other organelles and we're not going to discuss them now but one of them is very prominent and that's the vacuole and a vacuole is a separate area that contains a slightly different uh, watery solution. It would be a higher concentration or lower concentration of ions. It might contain storage for various other materials. If you can have food vacuoles that contain, well, food, obviously. And <laughs> you can uh, have vacuoles that contain waste products. In plants, there tends to be one very large central vacuole and it's the the water pressure within this vacuole that pushes all the the cytoplasm and the organ other organelles to, to the outside of the cell and that turgid pressure is actually what maintains the rigidity of the cells and so both animal cells and plant cells do have vacuoles in plant cells it tends to be a very large prominent central vacuole where animal cells might have a number of smaller vacuoles for specific purposes so that's just about does it for organelles well at year 11 level at any rate 
But before I sign off, I just wanted to um, point out a little bit about the cell membranes. I'm not going to go into cell membranes here and the processes of cell membranes. I just wanted to point out that the plasma membrane that surrounds cells in plants is itself surrounded by a cell wall. And that cell wall gives the plant something for that internal water pressure to push against. It gives it extra strength. So it should be fairly easy, just looking at a diagram of a cell, to tell whether it's a plant or an animal cell. A large, uh, the presence of a large central vacuole indicates that it's a plant cell. Plant cells will also have this secondary cell wall, both plant animal fungus and protists will have organelles monera will not have organelles they may have a separate structure outside the cell membrane they many bacteria secrete a little shell which is why bacteria can live in harsh conditions but you can tell that it's not a plant because it won't have organelles or just have perhaps a little strand of dna in there Chloroplasts, those little stacked grana where the chlorophyll is, will be present in plant cells but not animal cells. They may be present in some protists such as algae and in some monera as well, the cyanobacteria. Well, I think that's about it for podcast number one. We've certainly gone over a lot of ground together there. Don't forget, if you've got any comments or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. You can just drop me an email at biologypod at gmail.com. That's biologypod, one word, at gmail.com. And if you have any questions, little things that have been bugging you, doesn't matter how silly they might seem to you, send those to me as well. And I do my best to answer them in the next podcast. Providing, of course, they're not questions like, I think my boyfriend's cheating on me, or... Dear Simon, why is it that you can't kiss prostitutes? Those things aside, any biology-related questions, I'll have a go at answering for you. So until then, just take care. I got my mojo working, babe And I'm gonna try it on you Oh yeah, I got my mojo working for you.